0: The following program is intended for mature audiences.
1: It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast Riffs and Rants with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too
2: what are you people on dope all i
3: know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting.
2: indeed it
0: does my friend indeed it does but first it's time for the opening gem of the day Nothing like a little vintage Steve Miller yeah. to get the party started. Yeah.
1: Formerly the Steve Miller Blues
0: Band, right? This and one was just Steve Miller Band, yeah.
1: And a lot of people don't realize they were part of that wave of San Francisco bands in the late uh, late nineteen sixties mm-hmm. that uh, changed the face of popular music or changed the course of popular music at that time. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, easily forgettable how how groovy and cool Steve Miller is is, you
0: know. and especially this track though it appeared on other. Um, Amalgamation, uh, you know, best of, anthology sure. of his. Yep. Not the the official one that we all know that's in every bar in the universe. <laughs> in the jukebox, yep. it, it didn't make the cut for his, his greatest hits, which Interesting, is bizarre. Really. Yeah, yeah not think. on there. Uh-huh. Um, and like I said, this came out in 1968 off of the album Sailor. Nice. To uh, kind of like, meh, it wasn't, wasn't a huge hit, you know. But I consider it like the forgotten Steve Miller Band song.
1: Oh, yeah. It has staying power. It's, it's, yeah. it's the ultimate earworm. Yep. You know, it kind of gets you involuntarily humming and like capping your feet and shit. Yeah. You know? And there's
0: no, there's no grand meaning, uh, meaning, rather, to the song. Yeah. It's just talking about the average day in the life of, of living in the good old USA. People just doing whatever. Yeah, you know, across the board, nobody's really paying attention. To anybody else in particular? Just, eh, just yeah, doing your just thing, rocking along, which know? is kind of in in, a, in our usual thin way. <laughs> what we're gonna start talking about right off the jump today? Yeah. Um. It, it's well, what do we call this one? Basically, who's driving the bus?
1: Yeah, who's on the bridge? Who are these
0: guys? Who are these people? Who are those guys?
1: <laughs> the Biden cabinet and I, I was really amused when I was looking into this and you know part of the joy of doing this is the research and the things you come mm-hmm. up uh, the venerable New York Post you know conservative news outlet that they are right. uh,
0: once labeled them Biden's cabinet of horrors
1: which <laughs> I would expect no less from the New York Post oh yeah you know? but
0: I mean truth be told it's uh, there's what 15 of them in there um, it's a rather large if you cabinet. go
1: down the uh, uh, the hierarchy. list of succession right uh, I counted 25, oh believe it or not, that, culminating with his chief of staff. Who the hell is that guy? Right.
0: Well, that's what got us on this tangent. Yeah. Because just to let the folks at home know, Mike and I were just chit-chatting one day.
1: Because we do that, from time, we do that time. from time to time. We do that from time to time.
0: And I, I, I said to him, with the innocence of a child...
2: Boys have a penis.
0: Who's pulling Biden's puppet strings? Because <laughs> obviously, <laughs> this man... And it, it depends what what degree... Of dotteringness, you're you're buying into, yeah. Uh, but either way, look, he's he's not running the free world, okay. Well,
1: of a of a greater curiosity to me was, you know, who's the hatchet man in this? Who's the Dick Cheney? <laughs> who's the Darth Vader sitting right. over your shoulder? And it was his former chief of staff, Ron Klain, mm-hmm. and now that he's rode off into the sunset or whatever you do when you leave the right cabinet you or you whatever, get Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Conspiracy theories. Here we go. <laughs> um, now his chief of staff is somebody named Jeff Zaints, I yes. think. Yes. And again, it's like, who are these guys? You
0: and know? again, this is, this is what uh, sparked a light bulb on both of us because uh, with, with good reason, we had kind of known um, that in most circumstances, in spite of the wherewithal of the vice president, your chief of staff... <laughs> Is is the muscle okay? Yeah. And traditionally speaking, traditionally, and you yeah. would, you would mention Dick Cheney. I have encountered going back further, with Alexander Haig. Yeah, yep. your, your chief of staff is is yeah. They're the ones that kind of keeping the whole show together. Well, you making all it, the ships are going in the same direction. Yeah,
1: you want that person to be the one that strikes fear right. in the hearts of whoever you need to strike fear and into the hearts of. You know? And frightened
0: of, And it ain't us. Kamala, I'm sorry. No. You know? And that's the thing. What frightened us is now looking at this Kukla, fran, and ollie of a puppet <laughs> show. We couldn't name off the top of our heads A, a good many of these idiots, yeah. but B, more importantly, the chief of staff. We had no clue, and that's what sent us down the rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> and, and
1: unfortunately, um, not at all surprised by a lot of the things that I found. Um, over half of a non-white, over half, or almost half, I should say, are female, mm-hmm. which, you know, some people would say, you know, yay, victory for diversity, <laughs> equity, inclusion. Uh, that reeks identity politics to me, which I abhor.
0: Yeah. Um, Every single box is checked off. Yeah. Almost Every single one. Apparently, almost
1: half of them are Ivy League degree holders, mm-hmm. which really, really, really makes me hate them. <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm the liberal. I'm the... The, yeah, the progressive yeah. whatever part of this team here. Right. And these are all things that made me go... <laughs> but
0: why does it surprise you? I mean, this, from the people who brought you, the mesh half-shirt-wearing bald guy with a mustache and lip gloss that's steals luggage. Are you talking about luggage. luggage handler? Yes, yeah, the luggage yeah, guy. Yeah. This is that, okay?
1: Well, I'll, I'll unfortunately, <laughs> the, the, the whole Ivy Leaguer thing is not at all unusual for presidential administrations, which in my mind kind of explains why... This country so effed up, yeah. you know. I really, really, and maybe I'm not getting this across, but I really don't like Ivy League people. Well, I just it's, don't.
0: It's that, that's your cross to bear, isn't it? The thing here is, you got a lot of people that I, I question their qualifications for any <laughs> cabinet positions. I'm shocked.
1: Shocked. And to hear there's John. Forgive
0: me now, folks, but if I get ignorant here, just play along. <laughs> Making the indigenous person yeah. okay. <laughs> automatically your your cabinet person in charge of, um, oh, what's the, uh, hold on, what's the correct phrase for the homeland, not homeland security.
3: Of homeland security. No?
0: No, there she is. Deb Holland. Okay. Fresh off of the um, Land of Lakes butter carton.
1: He has pictures of all of these
0: people, She's folks. She's the Secretary of the Interior, which again, great, makes a fantastic postcard. Yeah. How? Well, I'll tell you how. No, <laughs> Yeah, Steve it's, Buttigieg, uh, America's mayor, Mayor Pete, yeah. you know? Well,
1: outside of Mayor Pete and Kamala, it, it's actually good that you have pictures of these people because I don't know about you, but I wouldn't recognize these people, <laughs> most of these people, if I was standing right next to them.
0: You know what, the I don't Secret need to know. The Secret Service would probably give it
1: away, but. but... that's
0: why we have Google, so we can find out if they're qualified in the slightest, okay? Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm looking at Lloyd Austin now, which just reminds me of Keenan Thompson from SNL because he's got this face like... My mom is so proud. I don't know what this dude's qualifications are. We're still currently without a chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Switch me on. The overall impression I got
1: into looking into who the hell these people are is this cabinet was put together to not be controversial.
3: Yes. You know, that's, that's and it got to be... got the exact opposite effect.
0: Because none of them are qualified.
1: Well, yeah, that's debatable. But they all are professional politicians. Um, you know... Uh, a good percentage of them have served in previous presidential administrations. Uh, unlike uh, previous cabinets who were a lot of fun who kind of clashed with each other and whatnot, these people were all picked, I think, intentionally because they have parallel political views. Right. I mean, these people were all meant to be in the shadows. They were meant to be in the background. You know, other than, you know, when Janet Yellen gets dragged out kicking and screaming, you know, to explain why the economy, you know, is the economy... Or uh, or the guy your side hates that's the head of Homeland Security. He's got, th- what? what's his name? Real funky name.
0: Oh, no, not Homeland Security. It's the, um, that's Alejandro Mayorkas. Yeah, yeah, yeah his that name. dude. It's that that guy. dude, yeah. Yes, Alejandro Mayorca. mayorca Secretary. And see, now I'm talking like a band <laughs> in a B movie. Secretary of Homeland Security. No, it's okay. not him. Well, there is. They're, I mean, all, Homeland Security. they're yeah. all
1: secretaries. That's part of the, all the titles that they have, too. Which uh, is And like not
0: a single tasty one among them. And then you got, oh. I mean, I'm going to almost give Dr. Janet Yellen, our, our Treasury Secretary, yes. a, a pass because I think she was there when the first coin was ever minted. You think? She makes Joe look like a teeny bopper, okay? <laughs> looks like she was in a dark crystal. And those, those crow people just suck the life force out of her. She's uh, like a you, dead puppet.
1: Now you're getting personal.
0: I'm going to get know, worse. You're
1: taking this very personal, John. This is only business. Anthony it's Blinken. Business. You
0: know, Neville Chamberlain's spinning in his grave saying, well, look at that guy. He seems like a pussy. All of them. Merrick Garland, who all he's, he's one handlebar mustache and some twirly hands away from, I've got the goods on Trump now. <laughs> I hate them all.
1: I got that impression. All right. Yeah.
0: But what's more disturbing is mm-hmm. our original point. Who are those guys? Why the secret about the, the chief of staff? And the ultimate question, who is giving Joe his marching orders? And we don't say this because, again, conspiracy. Yeah, He's slipped enough times in his speech and said things like, oh, they don't want me to say that. And, they and in many instances, if it happened once or twice, we could say, well, he's trying to be fun, he's being cute, because obviously they have speech writers. They have things they want him to focus on. I would have dismissed all that. But it's happened like four or five times. And it's just like, with his current state, whether it's really his, his faculties are declining rapidly, or he could be playing like the old mobster trope, well, let me walk around the old neighborhood in my pajamas, and this way they're not going to indict me because I'm insane.
1: I'm more, <laughs> more inclined to believe that um, just because of the way these guys are obviously pulled together. Mm-hmm. You know, they were pulled together to be non-controversial. They were pulled together to be in the shadows. Right. Which, in all honesty, makes me a little bit nervous. You know, Ron Klain, his former chief of staff, was at one point regarded as the quote-unquote shadow president. Now that Ron's not on the job anymore, who, who's pulling the strings here?
0: Or we can answer that question with the question of, or is he? Mm. Maybe he's not officially in that capacity, but... He could just be a phone call away, or he could be, for all we know, sitting in the meetings. But somebody's laying the groundwork for this administration, and I don't think it's Joe, and I don't think it's Kamala. Yeah. I, I, I think the basic ideas and the directions, I think that's Joe Biden. I'm not saying he's, you know, in an oxygen chamber someplace. But the day-to-day minutiae and the first person to react that things are coming up to discern, all right, is this, is this worth going to the big guy with this? Or can we handle this here? Or how do we want to react? Somebody is acting as a, a buffer there, Yeah, more so than they normally would. That's what I'm going to say. Just more so than they normally would.
1: So do you think we have a situation like uh, what happened with Ronald Reagan in his second term, where it was obvious Al- Alzheimer's got the best of him, and other people were making the calls? Quite possibly.
0: Yeah? Yeah, quite possibly.
1: Or, what's your name, the... Uh from California,
0: who's now in a wheelchair? Oh, Diane Feinstein. Yeah,
1: it it would seem to be obvious that she's being carried, but by yes. who? And who? You know, who? What agenda does that person yeah. have?
0: And you yeah, know? I mean, what purpose does it serve? I know initially they wanted her to finish a term so that they could uh, pull in a de facto Democrat to take her spot. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I would do the same thing, but. I don't think they anticipated her decline, again, to be as rapid and pronounced as it is. And, and obvious. Now, and obvious. And now there's blowback amongst their own party saying, look, every time she's not there for a vote, you're putting us at risk because the margins are so tight. Yeah. You know, it, come on, just do the math. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you know how I feel about having somebody 90 years old in that position anyway. It's like (laughs) returning to the days of Strom Thurmond.
1: And yet now we're going into a presidential election in 2024, and we look like we're going to have the option of voting between, I'm sorry, two fossils.
0: Right. Yeah. Just because he gets around a little quicker, and his wits a little quicker with his jabs and whatnot, Trump is, is only a couple years behind Biden. Yeah. You know? And How did the it other come baggage... To this?
1: How did it come to this?
0: Right? Well, at least we have, you know, because they're not the incumbent. We've yep. got a, a a plethora of challenges already on the Republican side, some of which are pretty sharp. The Democrats, they're, they're married to Joe. Unless something drastic... And I'm, I'm not wishing the man ill. Don't get me wrong. No. You know, it's unlike a lot of people from the Trump days. I never say, it's not my president it's all of our president. His success is our success. Yeah.
1: You know, that was that was one trope that I never bothered to take up. Mm-hmm. You know, when all my liberal friends were losing their shit yeah. when, when Donald got elected in 2016. I was like, I hate to break this to you guys, but yeah, he is your president.
0: Yeah, and you're a lot of things, sir, but irrational is not one of them. <laughs> I, I will give you that. I, I appreciate that, Johnny. Thank You've you. You've always got at least one, one toe in reality.
1: Yeah, well, it's just, you know, um, I don't know if it's, been there done that if it's been a situation where you put your faith in someone or something and it blows up in your face mm-hmm. but it just it makes you think twice before you know you commit like again with Joe Biden I'm not sure I'm buying the whole public persona. I just, yeah. I'm not sure. You know, it was like that SNL skit we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, in pre-show, you know, with Ronald Reagan, where the tour group's in, and he's this happy-go-lucky, eh, little touch of Alzheimer's, goofy old man. Right. The tour group leaves, and suddenly we got frickin' Darth Vader on our hands. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure that there isn't an image thing going on. I just, I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't, I'm don't. i not buying it. And maybe it's because both in, of us you know? would rather
0: have... A Darth Vader in the White House, but yeah. I'm not all about optics. I want a nasty, shrewd, sneaky yeah. asshole behind that desk. And he <laughs> wasn't hiding the
1: fact that he was digging being the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was like that uh, that character in the Last Boy Scout. You know, where Bruce Willis says, yeah. you know, when they're going to do the introduction, he's like, Nah, skip it. You're the bad guy, right? And he's right. like, Yeah, I'm definitely the bad guy. <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem with the president. of like, yeah, I'm definitely Darth Vader. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't have to sit back wondering, is this man in charge of things? Does he, you know, can he find his ass with two hands? Mm -hmm. You know, does he know the sun is up? You know, this kind of shit. You know, which is, again, the image that unfortunately is being projected by Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. You know, I look at the right and I look at Fox News and they're constantly throwing rocks at the, the, the doddering aspect of him and every time he trips and falls over something. And, you know, as much as it would be nice to be aghast at that kind of thing... It really is kind of an oh, shit moment. Like, oh, Jesus, not again. You know? And and it it does make it... You know, ask yourself, what in the hell is really going on here? Mm. It really does.
0: Well, these and many more mysteries we will never have (laughs) the answers to. So we only control what we can. And in this instance, we're going to say a a bit adieu to this, this dire... Uh, yes, research-laden, yes. you know, uh, ditch-digging of a topic. Until
1: we get to 2024, when the rocks are
0: really going to start flying. Uh, it's going to be so ugly. Did you ugly. tell everybody about the Bullshit Button, John? No, I was going to wait until we actually had to use it. Oh, okay. And we still got half an episode left. So well, it's we kind of
1: like, yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> having nuclear nuclear warheads in the silos. You know, we got it. It's here.
0: So, so everybody at home can see this is well, the aptly named Bullshit Button, which will be pressed at, at willy nilly by either one of us when they detect uh, bullshit coming from <laughs> the other one. And
1: uh, oh, the potential here—the yeah, potential—it's
0: it's, it, going it, to happen. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. Admittedly, I'm just I'm just salty today. I'm tired. I'm yeah, cranky. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. People have now seen our director of security be just arbitrarily she's walking patrolling. around the room. She's she's circling. Right. She's, she's doing her job. She's more with it than our president. She hasn't fallen down yet. <laughs> All right, so it's time yeah. for the middle gem, which I will definitely hand over oh, to you. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank
1: you. And I think it's a, a, a most needed um, <laughs> gem to loosen shit up here, uh, given what we're going uh, to dive into with yep. the, uh, the subtopic of the day. This is an absolute classic. Uh, this is uh, from way back in the 1980s, speaking of the Reagan era. Yeah. This is uh, a bit out of the norm of what we normally do genre-wise, but... Screw it, we're going to do it anyway. Do it. This is the Beastie Boys doing Fight for Your Right.
0: Indeed it is. So we're going to play this tune for you folks, and we'll be right back in a couple more minutes with some things and stuff.
2: Now, boys, don't get into any trouble while Mommy and Daddy are gone. And don't make a mess. Do you like parties? Yeah. Yeah. We can invite all our friends and have soda and pie. Yeah! I hope no bad people show up.
1: Now, does that not make you want to break shit? <laughs> you,
0: know? you say that way too often. Do I really? You're, you're just a violent musical person. It's supposed ah, to I soothe like the, the savage listening beast. Listening to
1: music and breaking shit.
0: Well, that's just a throwback
1: to those <laughs> days, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: I suppose that was
1: like the undergrad days, man. When mm. you know, getting drunk and breaking shit was pretty much a normal occurrence.
0: And just so everybody knows, yeah, you know, we made sure we actually pulled the video version audio, yeah, uh, because of those little intro pieces and <laughs> things that are said, because <laughs> yes. it, it just suited our purposes in well, terms of you know lots of people you don't want showing up showing oh yeah, up. Oh yeah. to things.
1: Well, it's it's funny because um, the song subsequently became one of the most misunderstood songs. Mm-hmm. In music history. Now, just to backtrack a little bit, that was, of course, the fourth single off the Beastie's legendary 86 release, License to
0: Ill. Yep, yep.
1: Uh, It was subsequently included on three, one, two, three Beastie Boys compilations. So it was the hit that just kept on giving. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, turned into one of the most misunderstood songs in music history. Um, According to Mike D, the song was intended as an ironic parody of the party... And attitude songs of the time, <laughs> but the irony was pretty much lost on most listeners, just right, right over most people's heads. Because we
0: were busy partying, and yeah, and, you know, much, doing everything
1: they said we were going to do. much to the chagrin of the Beastie <laughs> Boys. You know, they would, they would, you know, they would see guys, you know, reciting the lyrics verbatim, mm-hmm. and be like, "You don't realize that it's a goof on you." Yeah, you know, so such is the nature of. Irony, I guess, yeah. but, uh, but still a great tune, a fun tune, and obviously serving the purposes of our subtopic mm-hmm. for today.
0: Yeah, because it was a, a, wow, a week of unrest and in violence. the homeland. And, and the violence, violence yes. Who we do
1: like it? our violence, don't we?
0: <laughs> well, we are Americans. that's <laughs> uh, what we do. Yeah, we
1: got rockets and bombs <laughs> in our national anthem. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the, the first incident of course, was the party in the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Kaisenat gathering in, what was it, Union Square in New yep. York? You know, and, you know, like we were talking about, it, it was like, we could have put this under the header of, gee, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. You know? Um, Kaisanat, as I'm sure you know, most people who are much younger than you and I know, Mm -hmm. is a heavy-duty influencer. This guy has 4 million YouTube followers. Trash. 6 million Twitch followers. He has 5.7 million Instagram followers. Trash. Um, He is proof positive that stupid sells. Yes, that's a lot
0: of people not at work. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) some of
1: his greatest hits, if you will, are uh, fake hibachi chef prank and uh, I rented this Girlfriends in Japan. Stupid. You know, which kind of reminds me of something my my old boss, you know, when I worked in National Radio Syndication, used to say, dumb it down, Uh you know. And maybe that's something that you and I should consider, (laughs) you know, to get those 4 million YouTube followers. But, yeah, um, put out word amongst his followers. He was going to give away PlayStations. Uh, He was going to give away gift cards. Um, Never pulled any permits. Mm -hmm. Never did any real, like, organizing. It was just, hey, show up here. And then things went completely to shit. Big shock there.
0: What was that ruckus? You know? And uh, it, it was traumatic for me because all this happened as I was spending an otherwise delightful weekend.
1: Yeah, you drove with, right into it, didn't you? With my family. Yeah. Now, I
0: skirted. But you know what? what did you uh did it, it happened the day I arrived in Jersey. And I hit all this bullshit traffic, yeah. like going through the Bronx. And I'm like, there's no construction. Why, why are we doing this? I just figured it was, you know, a Friday in the summer, whatever. Right. And um, later on, now when when I see all this unfolding, because of course, the New York media, the local media, (laughs) oh man, talk about if it bleeds, it leads. So it it was almost like the day the earth stood still. A flying saucer could have landed (laughs) in in the middle of Union Square, and it would not have got as much press. Yeah, Um, but yeah, it's look, it it was an unmitigated shit show. Yeah, it was all young people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Here you are, all equally I rebels. tried to put myself in the shoes of some of the individuals who were, say, on their way to this particular spot, this Union Square, to do some shopping and whatnot. Right. It's a it's a nice, tourist-friendly, eclectic kind of area. Um, my sister said she loved going there when she lived in the city. They got like a farmers market that happens and everything. Yeah. But you know, the situation had gotten so bad that the subway cars stopped stopping. At this, really, but imagine if you're one of the first ones getting off, and you're going, you know, talking the steps, and you you emerge onto the street with this chaos happening, yeah, yeah. because it was over two thousand kids.
1: I think the number was closer to four thousand, wasn't
0: it? Last I heard, was two. Okay, but they're brawling, they're throwing shit. They're acting a fool. We had some there with M80s and whatnot.
1: Well, that's, it's, yeah, it's funny you should say that because, uh, and we can only call him beleaguered New York mm-hmm. City Mayor Eric Adams did point out in a number of, or in one of a number of his post riot quotes Nothing has ever sucked more ass than this. You don't come to uh, a free Game Boy giveaway uh, and bring smoke bombs and M80s. Right. You know, and he went f- for. And it's it's all too common, unfortunately, the outside agitators thing. Yeah. Where it was like, you know, these people weren't from here. They were outside agitators. Mm-hmm. But no, unfortunately, Mayor, I do think they were from there. They were definitely agitators. Yeah. You know, you you come to this this, this thing, you know, bringing M-80s. Yeah. It was like, come on. Yeah, you're definitely looking for trouble.
0: Oh, here, here's the other thing. Maybe it's just the way I see things. I'm uh, I'm a little silly sometimes. <laughs> but you don't need to be Al Capone to, you know, correlate... The best time for two rival groups, let's say, right. to settle a beef is during a period of chaos, like either, well, I don't know, Times Square, New Year's Eve, right. or this thing, okay? Yep. Yep.
2: Anybody seen Richie?
0: Huh? I think they showed this in that delightful uh, indie flick, Scarface, yes. when they had to take out the uh, the Cuban defector. So they they staged a riot in a little under-the-overpass uh, town, like right, they set up, right, right. to make it easy to get this guy and shank him a few times. Sure. And this is what I'm thinking when I'm seeing these fights break out, people getting hit there with fire extinguishers. You know, there's always going to be an element that takes advantage of chaos. Yeah. But what really struck me is that when you're looking at the drone footage, uh-huh. it's, it's no particular racial segment, per se. The only thing that jumps out at you is that the kids are young. These are teenagers. Yeah. But I was amazed at how many were wearing the tried and true black head to toe yeah. with the little you know, bandito mask that they can't get identified. Yeah. It's just a repeat of all the, the pseudo Antifa nonsense that we've seen. Yeah. So, you know, most of us learn the hard way. And let's say high school, I don't know if this ever happened to you. Mm. I hope my parents aren't listening to this. Okay. Well, like when your folks go away, you may or may not have a little party. Nah, okay? I never did that. Never did I, that. I no. hear, I hear no. this happens. <laughs> and at said parties, yes. there's always an element that shows up that you don't want there, depending how good your, your PR department is.
1: And then the <laughs> shit hits the fan.
0: You never know. You never know. It's just, yeah. Well, it's like
1: <laughs> if, if, if we're going to draw analogies like that, some of the older folks... Mm-hmm. Um, might be able to wrap their brains around. Uh, two events that happened back in 1969. You had Woodstock and you had Altamont.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, And Woodstock was just the ideal situation. 300,000 people show up. It rains. Everything goes to shit. There's no security to speak of. People walk over the fence you know, of the grounds. Tickets? Nah, we don't need no stinking tickets. <laughs> and yet, everybody's cool and groovy and they have a good time. Mm-hmm. And then in Altamont... Completely opposite, really, really negative, bad energy. A couple people die, one guy gets stabbed in front of the stage by Hell's Angels who are <laughs> loaded on cheap beer and acid. Um, <laughs> I would argue that, you know, when it comes to big gatherings like that, mm-hmm. you should expect Altamont. Right. Woodstock was the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Ex- you know, and, and here it is 40, 50 years later. I don't have my calculator handy, so I can't do the it's quick been math. A while, yeah. But unfortunately, I think that's the reality of the situation. You get mm-hmm. that many people together, you don't. I mean, this guy is is sunat. He's being charged with inciting a riot, of course. And uh, I think the other thing is, uh, what is it? Promoting an unlawful <laughs> gathering, word mm-hmm. for word. You know, he didn't pull any permits. Police didn't necessarily know it was coming. You know, when they showed up, they showed up ready to throw down. They showed Mm -hmm. up in riot gear, which was probably antagonistic, to say the least, to these kids. Right. You know, and obviously some of these kids came to, you know, pull some shit. They Mm -hmm. came to stir some shit up. And that's exactly what happened. And, I, I, again, not to sound like the cynical old dude, but I think that should be the expectation, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: and, you know... Before we branch to the second example, the the thing that I'm left with that frightens me about this, and I'll use the word frightened, yeah, is that good luck stopping this because the way social media operates, yeah, this same shit could technically happen tomorrow. Sure. And what are you going to do? You're going to muster another thousand police officers in some other city, yeah, pulling them away. See, this is the thing. You you, you, you pull a police presence from one spot, yeah, it's kind of hard to fill that gap, especially. On the fly, yeah. Okay, not to mention, and I hate to be dollars and cents about it, right? But the incursion of of, of overtime now, where yeah. everybody just staying double shift, triple shift, calling them in on their day off, yeah, it's it it hurts the community in multiple ways. Sure,
1: tell okay. me that wouldn't have been a hell of a time to rob a bank,
0: uh, which I'm sure they did, you know? Yeah. yeah, and they can't arrest all these kids, so they arrest a couple, and it's like this one kid in particular was wearing light blue had his headphones on. And like every other frame, they were showing the cops, they got this one, you yeah. know? And it's like, got it under control. Yeah. And when they spoke to the chief of police, he's like, you know, excuse me, I'm a little dirty because I had things thrown on me <laughs> and I think I'm injured and I probably need to get checked out, you know?
1: Oh, boy.
0: So yeah. So that was one example. And then right. clear across the country, kind of.
1: Well, way down, <laughs> south, way down south.
0: Way down south. Way down south.
1: Isn't that a song? Yeah. We had the uh, yes, the Montgomery, Alabama Riverboat Riot Woo, folks. the
0: Alabama Jubilee. And didn't
1: the media just love this? <laughs> didn't social media just eat this up?
0: Because it's got all the ingredients, okay? Yeah. Of wow, we got we got a racial tension on here. Yeah. We have a historical area that used to be the main hub of the slave trade then, okay. and there was warehouses where they had so many just the raw humanity they had to keep them in warehouses. Yeah, and they're saying that's why this happened there, and it was it was it was, it was four whites on the one black. Well, it's funny and because just, I don't think
1: anybody ever came right out and said that because this is the pier where we used to uh, traffic in human beings. Well, if you go to YouTube now, but this was yeah. the insinuation, <laughs> you know, and quite frankly. That was a whole lot of bullshit. Uh, bullshit button. I want to call bullshit on that.
0: Totally different thing. Okay, but bullshit, still. But but, uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I saw this brawl in at least four, maybe five different camera angles posted on Twitter or X or whatever the hell they're calling it now. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, we, we got a really, really good perspective on all of this. Um, those people who are trying to make it out to be a racial thing. Number one, uh, the guy that got gang jumped for the most part, Mm -hmm. a black guy, co-captain of the ship Mm -hmm. who was, you know, came on board, came on shore to try and get the pontoon pulled out of the way. But a second person came on shore too, a teen, a white kid, Mm -hmm. also got punched out. Yeah. But since that doesn't fit the narrative, we don't mm-hmm. hear too much about sure. that,
0: you know? Or you don't hear about, you know, the black guy hitting the old white lady with the chair shot heard around <laughs> the world. I mean, I have to admit, folks, I even made a gif of that because I'm like, <laughs> if no one else is going to do it, I got to do it. I have a certain set Where'd of skills. Well, the rest is history. Because,
1: You know, the, the chicks were there, you know? They were just jumping and in on kept, both sides. they kept jumping in, I know? I should the one, one chick and, yeah, a chick, deal with it. Uh... <laughs> Dressed in blue, got punched out like three different times. She kept coming, kept coming back for more. Right? I was like, She's probably my a joy God. at the Waffle House oh, at midnight. Sh- no, this is this was she was defending the crackers.
0: You oh, know? okay,
1: yeah. And by the way, an explanation should be given. One of my closest friends is from Montgomery Ala- or uh, Birmingham, Alabama. As a matter of fact, are you
0: going apologist because you said cracker?
1: No, not at all. Okay. I'm going. Ex- ex- exp- exp- I'm going to explain shit. Okay. Um, basically big, big difference between a redneck and a cracker. Yes. A redneck is just somebody from the Deep South. Mm-hmm. You know, a Tom Petty, if you will. Oh, uh, right. A cracker, unfortunately, is all of the, the, the worst things that embody what you think of. Like KKK shit, that right. kind of thing.
0: One of which would be, oh, I'm going to throw out, um, a white person with a little beer belly, scrawny arms, almost like Beaufort T. Justice without the uniform on. Is that like is that is that a a cracker? Where
1: is this coming from?
0: Venom. Because I'm looking at these boobs from this pontoon <laughs> boat, and I'm just saying to myself, trash. If it's me, okay, and I, I will requote what I said to my family as we're watching the union. Wouldn't Square Wouldn't go shit. shirtless. Wouldn't go, go shirtless. shirtless. No, they they should have plowed right into that pontoon boat. That thing would have sank so friggin' quick. Seriously. And I said this to my family as we're watching the Union Square thing. I said, I want you all to write this down right now because if your baby boy is ever in the situation <laughs> oh, where there are rioters and such uh, uh, uh. for any any reason, and they're clinging to my vehicle. They're impeding my safe exit from ah, the situation. I see where you're
1: going with this now. Okay,
0: I got gotcha. you. Dropping it in low, and I'm just I'm, I'm getting out of there, out of fear for my life. So in this case, you've got a giant paddle wheel. It looked like an old country buffet on on, on the water. I don't know what they're doing there with a loud stereo. That thing's like... And then he got these idiots with with a pontoon boat. Yeah, these crackers. Right, these crackers. Shirtless, drinking Schlitz or whatever the hell they're doing. Who
1: Montgomery Mayor Stephen Reed was emphatic to point out weren't from Montgomery. Of course. Outside agitators again. Here we go.
0: If you ask me, they were staying up here from up north. <laughs> the government rum rackers. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, if they yes. had just... If Woody had gone straight to the police... Now, if this giant <laughs> paddle boat... If Woody had gone right to the police, this would never have happened.
1: Just oh, said screw it. Just we're screw we're it. coming in. That's our parking space. We're coming in. I mean,
0: what... what we did live a... In Janet a... Reno. Right.
1: Like, like,
0: yeah. Exactly. Like on know? the
1: Branch Indians, We're coming in.
0: Hell hath no fury. Like, what if those people had to use the restroom? I'm sure. I mean, just... That's a good point. Bumped that boat out of the way. I'm sure it wasn't even tied to the dock. They
1: tried to be nice. They tried to be nice. <sighs> but you know what? According to the FBI, and this should be emphasized for all these people that are trying to make something out of this, mm-hmm. that it isn't not a hate crime.
0: It's not. And for that... Oh, shit. There you go.
1: Most appropriate. <laughs> Most appropriate, indeed.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. Well, you got to use the bullshit button. I'm happy now. Ah, good. good one, fun. A, one and a half times. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, and then just because I have to, like, pigeonhole it in here. Yeah. There's the story about the lady who left her dog at the Pittsburgh airport. What? Because the people, I guess it was a time. It was a, a French bulldog, little dog. Saw a picture of it. Okay. Adorable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now B's going to get pissed off hearing this. Yes. So this lady, she's going on a flight to God knows where. They okay. tell her, "Well, this dog must be in a crate. You can't just carry it on board." Yeah, she leaves it in one of those like rental strollers at the airport. Just what? abandons the dog.
1: Get out! Right.
0: She has been charged with uh, pet abandonment. Obviously, whatever charge that carries. Right. But um, yeah, the 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 dog it belongs to the police now. They they've adapted it as their own. Worthless shit. Can you charge
1: somebody for that?
0: This poor little dog, any animal is probably scared shitless in an airport to begin with. Yeah, and then you're gonna just traumatize. You're you're like the world to this little animal, and you're like, oh, I gotta go to like Boca or wherever the hell she was going, and she just leaves this dog. And sadly, it's symptomatic of all these people that got dogs and cats during COVID because they Mm. were lonely and they were sitting at home. Now it's like a few years in and they can't handle the responsibility. Yeah. But you know what? Be a fucking adult. There's my <laughs> F bomb. I have no other button. There we go. <laughs> it's your responsibility. You took it on. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's just ridiculous so yeah. it doesn't match but it still gave me gave me one of those I got you, know? you.
1: I got you I'm with you on that one Johnny Definitely. so
0: I think it's time for our third gem I couldn't agree we'll more come back and go to something a little more lighthearted although that was just as infuriating
1: a little bonus for the folks who are watching at home on YouTube a
0: special video segment yes almost famous video Indeed. segment Indeed. almost Indeed. famous yeah name. So what do you got first for a third gem, sir?
1: Well, our head of security (laughs) is currently chewing on my fingertips, so yeah, we definitely got to get to this. Not the Raptor, (laughs) mind you, but our head of security. Um, This is an oldie but a goodie Mm. and dovetails nicely into our video subtopic, and we'll tell you why in just a few moments. This is Rainbow doing Since You've Been Gone.
0: Love it. Less is more, baby. we will play this for you, and we (laughs) will, I promise, be right back in an orderly fashion in a few moments. (laughs)
1: That tune every time I hear it, no matter who
0: does it. Seriously, it is okay. one of my favorites. Yeah,
1: because it's been done by quite a few people, actually. Yep. That was Rainbow doing "Since You've Been Gone." It, it was uh, yeah. off of their 1979 album "Down to Earth." But the song was actually written by Argent guitarist Russ Ballard and first released on his 1976 album "Winning." Mm-hmm. Uh, the song was subsequently covered by Head East of "Save My Life," Fame. Uh, was also done by Alcatraz, uh, lead guitarist for that band at the time. It was none other than Ingway Malmsteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian May from Queen did yep. a vicious, vicious version of it. And believe it or not, Sherry Curry, the former vocalist for The Runaways, really? the legendary Runaways, okay. they did a version of it as
0: well. Hmm. So, this is around that time where you're like, John, what's going on in Big Boom Radio? Is it that time again? It is that magic time John, again. John, what's going on in Big Boom Radio this Holy week? Holy shit, there's so much going on. No kidding, we do tell, do tell. Not to, but... Three new episodes of the Best Rock Showcase. Somebody's been working hard. Or something. Or yeah. something, yeah. Um, Bob Seger, Volume 2. Nice. Easy to do. Good stuff. Then we have, well, I was on, uh, I was on the fence, but again, it's, it's never about, actually, both of the next two. It's never about me. It's what the listeners like. Okay. And if these groups are famous and have all these fans, then they must be doing something right. One would so, think. So, yeah. I included Jackson Brown. Okay which both of us from time to time have commented. It's kind of like elevator Bores music. the shit out right. of me, but whatever. And the next one, which goes against, ooh, ooh my, my hair's standing on it. Every fiber of my being, yes. the Grateful Dead. Oh Goodness. Wow. Next, i will be selling spaghetti on the front lawn to get over fair out to work.
1: Hell done. Froze over.
0: <laughs> Look out. But no, I was pleasantly surprised that yep. not only were there so many hits they had that I had forgotten about, but how many radio-friendly five-minute and less hits that yeah. they had yeah. so yeah I, I had a good time doing the episode well, of The Grateful Dead once
1: a decade the dead would come off the road
0: do a studio album make some money hate it <laughs> <laughs> go back on the road
1: yeah but yeah, those those albums do live on.
0: Yes, indeed. And one of the the front runners, you know, in all transparency, yeah. was going to be Alabama Getaway for the the, <laughs> the riverboat brawl.
1: I thought you were going to go touch your grain. You know, just, just
0: no, no, no. Okay, good. I can do my song. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, we got that going on. Uh, we are steadily assembling our uh, Labor Day holiday theme of the soundtrack. Top fifty songs or whatever. It's coming up. It's coming up. You have really get on that. So you might need to do some work on this. Get out of here. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, All right. All right. And uh, other than that, just a whole lot of business as usual. Um, Thank you, everybody, who's tuned into YouTube to watch this nonsense. (laughs) Uh, And don't forget, there's an audio version with the songs. And there's a video version without the songs. Mm. My little placards that I make and put up there in between.
1: Yes, so we don't uh, don't incur the wrath the of wrath of them. Them, yes. them who
0: shall not be named. Indeed. But that's why the video portion gets this extra segment. Yes. So it's an even trade off. Yeah, yeah. We're all for giving people their money's worth. You totally. Do it. Gotta all about the money's worth. Yeah, absolutely. And otherwise, uh, that's about it for this episode. All this right. Episode one fifty six. Wow. It's a lot of episodes. Isn't it, though? Ugh. Yeah. So thank you, as always, for joining us. And as always, I am Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Shanley. And we will see you all on the flip side.